Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 73. This week, I'll be talking about the happenings, what had happened during the week of the 25th of March, 2020. Um, Yes, there's lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. You may notice that this episode is a little bit late. That was done on purpose. It was a busy, busy week in the news, and I didn't want to half-report on something. And I just kind of wanted to see what the the happenings after uh, comic book release day would, you know, bring about. And yeah, from what I've gathered, you know, I got I'm, I'm glad I waited. I got a little bit more to report on now. So definitely stay tuned for my thoughts on the situation with Diamond. But before I get into all that, I would like to disclose that, you know, this is a spoiler-based podcast. I will be talking about an abundance of books this week in a whole heap of detail. Uh, I don't know where the accent just came from. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but in doing so, when I talk about my books, if you're not familiar, I'd do it in an overview type of fashion, not necessarily a review type of fashion. Uh, the point of that being me trying to get people into the storylines. Maybe people figure out when to jump in. I know a lot of people say, I don't, I'm so confused. How would I know when to jump in? Well, I like to think that maybe I could help guide that. And, you know, in doing so, it's not me saying, I think because I like this book, you should read this. Or, uh, I don't like this book, so I don't think nobody should buy that. That's not how I do it. Um, I will always recommend books. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess so part of that was true, uh, but yeah, <laughs> all that being said, that's, that's what you could expect out of here. I do leave timestamps in the descriptions, so if there's something you're not quite ready to have spoiled for you, then I give that option of easy jumping forward. Uh, beyond all that, and I know this is a comic book podcast, but at the same time, I get mighty, mighty excited, and I don't have a bleep button. So I do be dropping some F-bombs here and there, and um, more often than not, actually. <laughs> so just be aware of all that. Uh, so with all that being said, let's, 
Let's talk comic books. Um, COVID. Fucking coronavirus, man. <sighs> I know it's affecting a lot of people in a lot of ways, but I really didn't think that comic books would be affected in the manner that it has come. <sighs> so, uh, as you know, there there were no books released uh, this this for the the first of April. That's a fucking bummer, dude. That's a real fucking heavy bummer. Uh, yeah. So you also, and at least not in print. But at the same time, not a single book was released, a new book was released digitally as well. And I know that, uh, and then, then this leads me into the news. So, uh, yes, no digital comics were released this, this April 1st. Now, uh, we didn't know what to expect this April 1st, because Marvel has made... Oh, they've been almost completely silent during this whole thing. They said they were going to offer some sort of discount program for vendors, but not necessarily uh, a return program like almost every other publisher is, including DC, who has announced they're, they're having a 60-day like a return program within a certain, so, so a certain time frame, which is cool. But that, that means nothing right now because Diamond has stopped stopped shipping and if you're not aware i'm gonna give you a quick 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 schooling right here without diamond shipping there is no way to get physical comics because uh way back in the 90s nobody could play in the same fucking sandbox together and now we have a monopoly on comic book distribution to the direct market now we are all suffering because of that um <clears throat> fuck you marvel uh <laughs> i love you marvel but fuck you because of your stupidness, which you listeners can go through and further research on your own. In the 90s, we are all in a situation now where for the first time in I don't know how long, it, just, it feels like Christmas has been taken away from me. Oh, what, 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 what about digital? Well, that leads me to my point. Uh, up until, fuck, hours before... Uh, the, the the first <laughs> DC was pretty much saying okay we're gonna do digital we're not gonna do print but we're gonna do digital and then they re, re redacted that statement and so okay we're not doing that so we thought all right that's a win that's a win for local comic book stores because we know without the physical market almost every single comic book store in the the country um, I would I would say ninety percent and that's probably being generous. 90% of stores go out of business without the direct market. So, um, that, that, you know, gave a little bit of hope. Ooh, uh, just a, a gleam of hope that hey, DC wants to play ball. You know, they, they, they care about the industry. And then they further announced that they were going to seek uh, other distribution options. And initially, my reaction was fuck yes, fuck Diamond's Monopoly. And then when I brought up this this topic to another uh, comics store owner, the devil's advocate that was a card that was played was essentially, yeah, well, I mean, Walmart and Amazon and all these other places, like that's where you would get them, bookstores, shit like that, which essentially, in turn, does not help local comic bookstores. Yes, do we get to have our cake? By getting physical copies uh, in a much more broad sense, but we 
not necessarily really getting to eat it as a true comic book uh, fan by essentially allowing the the local comic book store brick and mortar option to essentially go away as far as new books and new books really carry a lot of these stores so many stores you know and if you want to be successful with back issues you have to have a massive inventory and that requires a lot of space and that's very expensive that and you need to acquire that inventory which in turn is very expensive it's just hard to fucking do uh, and, I mean, the, the industry's already been teetering. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I, I listened to, uh, Fat Man Beyond, Kevin Smith's podcast, and I, I listened to him learn, uh, real time about Diamond shutting their doors, and he essentially said, shit, if it wasn't for our namesake, you know, and me owning it, I don't think our store can sustain. And even then, he doesn't feel very confident, even though it is the secret stash that's been in fucking business for 19 years or some shit like that. That's fucking nuts, man. I mean, Kevin Smith's store is in threat of closing down, because, yeah, they carry some key issues, but we've all seen the shows and shit. That store's not very deep. You know, I don't know what they keep in that basement, but I don't think that the store's big enough to, you know, be able to hold uh, an inventory that can withstand the the um, online. Well, I don't know. It's just I don't think it it could work for ninety percent of stores out there. So then that leads to the big question: What the fuck is Marvel doing? Did Marvel release books digitally? No, they did not. Uh, they let out a brief statement saying we're not going to do it this week and we're going to continue to figure out what our options are. Gotcha. Uh, real, real, real noble of you there, Marvel. Um, the last one to step up to the plate. <laughs> the, the, the leader in comic book sales and distribution and just mass in general as far as the market goes. Uh, you know, it, for every book out there, it's it, including DC. It's two to one Marvel. I mean, that's that's just what it is. So yeah, for them, I don't know. I'm just not impressed. I mean, it's not like I'm gonna boycott them right now. I'm not saying oh, we need to boycott Marvel because they were the last ones. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but here's what I am saying. Uh, this now this is coming from somebody that. Just I just know the right people, so my sources I will remain secret. But I I, I because of wh- who I know and the information that's been divulged to me, I can say that things are not looking good for the direct market. Um, I'm gonna come out and just flat out say that I'm not buying Diamond closing down because of COVID. That's not the case at all. And this is where my sources come in. Diamond does not call their shots anymore, listeners. Slurds, and this is very important to know. Diamond does not call their own shots anymore. They are run by the bank as of, well, just a few months ago, really. They, they don't get to make any decisions financially on their own. Now, here's the deal. Um, they released a statement saying, well, we are not... Uh, it was really just a really broad financial state uh, statement, if you will. Pretty much saying we're not receiving payments from any vendors right now. And, well, here's the deal. Of course they're not, because there's nothing to buy because they're not shipping. 
And, I mean, vendors would be silly to be prepaying this shit out on a whim, because vendors are local comic book stores that are barely teetering. <laughs> uh, so, do you see what I'm getting at here? What I'm getting at here is that this has been their state way before COVID has broken out. Diamond has been looking for a reason. The bank has been looking for a reason to shut down Diamond. The, the, the banks do not see any money in comics. And that's just what it is, folks. That's what it is. It's a sad state of affairs that we're in, but banks don't see money in comic books. So they've been looking for reasons to close down Diamond. And because of the, the, you know, the, the direct market situation with Diamond being the monopoly, I can, I can say with uneasy confidence <laughs> this is and i don't want to be right in this but i'm pretty sure i'm right in this diamond is not opening up their doors again they are going to robotically ship out all of their back stock meaning their trades and all of that shit uh yes they are the the, the, the shipping centers do not have people working in them for the most part it, it is robots doing these f f uh, order fulfillments that's why old books and trades are allowed to be shipped out and distributed, not new books. That's a whole. Um, that's all done by hand by real human people. That 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 shipping process. <sighs> Don't ask me how I know these things. I just know these things. <laughs> so um, it's it, it's scary, y'all. It's scary. Now this this is my my call to action here. My call to action. Uh, this is a long shot, but um, um, if you listeners love comics a fraction of the amount I do, I think it's time we start calling out some heavy hitters in here that claim to be fans of this medium that we all definitely love, or people that have made, I don't know, seven-figure paychecks over and over and over off of these storylines that we've made. What I'm getting at is... We need to call upon the, the, the heavy hitters of the, the media, the actors that have played the, the Captain Americas and the Robert Downey Juniors, the guys that charge people $100 a fucking squiggly line signature. People wait three hours for them, while the creators of their storylines freely sign signatures and are happy to have conversations for as long as the, the, the fan wants. That's the difference here. So my point being is we need to call, and I'm not saying all the actors are shitty for what, you know, being actors. I'm not saying that. But they have they have the means to potentially save this industry. And I know it's going to take a lot of cogs working together in a state where, I get it, you know, the coronavirus is the priority right now. But we can't just forget about comics, guys. We do. Uh, or we can't. We, we, we really can't. Um, so, man, start fucking guilting these actors and uh, influencers that claim to be fans of this media that you know has deep pockets and see if we can all come together somehow and put our, our minds together and figure out a way to... Uh, create a direct market distribution plot once again that's not going to monopolize the industry uh put a, i mean this this is shitty and as scary as all this is if we do this the right way this could all be a very positive thing i have no problem with diamond going away i have no problem with that i don't feel sorry for them but i 
I, I do not believe that they will be opening their doors anytime soon. I think this is just the excuse they've all been waiting for. And God, how quickly it came. It came quickly. Um, we'll, we'll see what Marvel and DC does, because we all know whatever they do is going to be what the majority probably does. Uh, I, I do admire the fact that the indies were all the first ones to step up and do their part to, you know, try to keep these LCSs, these stores, these brick and mortars afloat. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see here. I know that I spent a lot of time on this, but damn it, this, this could be the last weekly rundown episode for some time. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I will continue to provide content for you. That's for sure. Whether it's going to be interviews or trade negotiations or therapy sessions or whatever it may be. You guys are still going to get fucking content out of me. Um, I'm still working on, working on the formatting and all that stuff. But the point of all this is is that um, <laughs> this, 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 this is all just repercussions. My, my episodes, my podcast is repercussions of Diamond shutting down. How, I mean, that's, that's crazy. You guys is entertainment. And I, yes, I am going to fucking toot my horn and say I am essentially one sliver, small, small fraction of your folks' entertainment. I mean, if you've made it this far in, this is suffering because of Diamond's actions. And I'm not blaming the coronavirus on this. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. I don't, I, I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. There's a lot of things that, you know, they don't divulge, but because of the sources I have, I'm a lot closer to the situation, their financial situation, what goes on. Um, and I'm not going to divulge numbers. I won't do that. Uh, but <laughs> just know that they're not, they're not numbers in the green. Let's put it that way. And... Oh, fuck. We all gotta come together. Guys, tag your Robert Downey Juniors and your Weekend War, your Wednesday Warriors, like your Patton Oswalt's and all these guys that we know love comics. Or you would hope loves comics. And, you know, if all of them just chip in a little bit, they're resources of some sort, maybe we can come together and finish this. Or fix this. Because, let's face it, yes, there's plenty of storylines for these movies to, to be pulled from. But, I mean, let's let's just... I don't know. I'm 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 just fucking spitball. I don't know. I just fucking go I wanna fix those guys. Okay, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> uh let's 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 guilt these guilt these motherfuckers, right? Alright. Uh that's that's what I got for the news. Oh wait, no, there's a little bit more news. Uh, Jim Lee is, is doing a little bit of a part to help DC or uh, to, <laughs> He's not really doing it for DC Comics, or for, but be on behalf of DC Comics. He's doing it on behalf of Jim Lee. And he's taking his own time out, which I'm sure he has plenty of at this point. And he's doing 60 sketches and auctioning them off uh, on, to benefit brick-and-mortar local comic book stores. Now, as far as the full details on, on all that, I'm not aware but good on you, Jim Lee. You know, I wish you would have made some more executive decisions on DC's half beforehand, but I get it. You're not, you know, you don't run this shit anymore. It's all AT&T, so, yeah. Um, but good for Jim Lee, and we're going to end the news on a happy note. Jim Lee is doing good things, as we would hope. <laughs> you know, let's, uh, let's talk the lottery, huh? How about the lottery? speculation lottery 
Oh, you speculators. Uh, admittedly, this isn't going to be an, an, an abundantly large <laughs> segment. From all of the, the, the thick, juicy stack of books that I read this week, uh, there's really only one that came out or stood out to me, and to be honest, admittedly, I don't even read it. <laughs> and I'll get to that more in a bit. But uh, it seems that according to Key Collector Comics, or whatever the fuck the name of the app is, is that Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 2 is going to introduce some new bounty hunters. So anything, I mean, all of these, as we all know, these Star Wars comics are in fact canon, so any new character in here is a potential wowza. Uh, I get it, no more Skywalker movie shit, so, you know, I don't know, well, but there's there's TV stuff and all that, and we all know Boba Fett and Bounty Hunters and all that shit's a thing right now, so, uh, the Mandalorian, you know, Mandalorian, potential, that's for sure, uh, I'll let you know when I get around to reading it, and like I said, I'll talk about that more in just a bit, but as far as other speculation news goes, nothing really is on my radar, unless... Worst case scenario, worst case scenario, no more comics are printed again, or at least distributed to the masses, and if that's the case, then everything you got's a fucking key in my book, man, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, it's all art, they're relics, and, ah, <sighs> man, but I hope that's not the case, I really, I, I would like to think that by the end of April or May, we're, we've got a fucking solution to this problem. And I know the, the problem is very fresh. It rattled everybody. You know, I'm sure. Fuck, what I would give to be a fly on the wall of Marvel or DC right now in those executive meetings. Holy shit. Just want to know so I could tell you guys that it's all going to be okay. But we don't know that right now. So I'm just going to tell you uh, out of the goodness of my heart <laughs> and hope that... Uh, not all comic books become key issues with <laughs> anytime soon, not in my lifetime at least. It's all going to be okay. And Star Wars Bounty Hunters number two is the only key issue of the week. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, yeah, that opens up this podcast <laughs> for a lot of questions, I bet. You know, let's let's discuss this more. Uh, I really did. If you guys have any more opinions on the the topics that have been diamond or anything like that, join the Cheers to Comics Facebook group. And please, please, let's let's talk about that. Uh, or you can, you know, hit me up on all the social media platforms. You know, Twitter it's at Cheers to Comics, and on Instagram I'm pretty sure it's the Cheers to Comics podcast. Uh, <laughs> but y'all can find me pretty easily. And really, I mean. Even if it's just in DM, I'm open to just discuss this with you. It's uh, I've already had a, a, a few listeners actually uh, reach out and say, Hey man, you know what, what, what do we do here? How can I do my part and all of that? And I'm flattered for one. I really am. You know, for one, uh, a real life person listens. <laughs> but in so all, seri all seriousness, the, you know, there's people out there that have faith that I might be able to guide them in the right direction, and uh, I'll be goddamned if I didn't work super hard to, to instill that faith. So, thank you to anybody that does reach out to me, and I will be ha and I will only give you honest answers, and I'll let you know what's opinion and what's fact. Uh, so, yes, please reach out to me. I know it's 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 a hard thing to talk about. Most people, you know, if you say, "Well, I'm fucking so and so's," and this is gonna sound really rash, but so and so's in the hospital. 
uh, because uh, you know fucking the, the, this whole terrible thing going on, and you know you, you're gonna go up and fucking talk to the family members who's dealing with that about goddamn poor little floppy magazines. Not no, I get it. It's hard to find people to talk to. Come at me, bro. I said it. Fuck, I finally said it. It didn't feel good. Um, <laughs> let's talk fucking comic books, huh? Let's talk what we did read, which could potentially be the last weekly rundown for a little bit. A little bit. So I'm going to make it a mighty fine good. So let's jump into it. I hope y'all are prepared for a heavy thick, thick serving of uh, rundowns and overviews. Particularly from the independent flavor. God damn, the independents won this week. I'm just going to come out and say it. Independent comics, you are the winners. I'm going to start out with the resistance. The resistance, number one. Um, <laughs> this fucking book blew my goddamn mind. The resistance, number one. J. Michael Straczynski, who is, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, say, responsible for writing... My single favorite issue of Spider-Man of all time. That's going to be that Spider-Man 36, the 9-11 issue. Uh, Mike Diodoto Jr. on the art. Are you kidding me? Frank Martin coloring it. Are you fucking kidding me? Cover by Raza. That cover, I have a feeling, is already going to go down as iconic. And, oh man. Um, here's the deal. This book was timed very eerily. It starts out, the country and the world is in the midst of a pandemic. Now, uh, admittedly, they're a lot more fucked than we are. Our pandemic involves a cough and a small portion of the world being affected. At least that's how we know it now. But, uh, this, this little virus they have floating around, the XVINI virus... This thing kills within days, and 95% of the time it kills every time. At <laughs> uh, the rate it's spreading now, the human race will be depleted, dead, zilched within a year. And yeah, well, now we gotta figure this shit out, right? So we got a council meeting going on, the, the world's elites, and yeah. Well, uh, <sighs> it gets to the point where <laughs> shit, shit, yeah, man, it's... The, the the way that they contain all of this is a lot more drastic than we're doing things right now. Um, <laughs> they're they're doing things. Uh, well, they call something the Ring of Fire, and that's that's where you know we're not just closing off roads. No, we're gonna create a a wall of napalm around areas, and if they get dusted, they get dusted. But in the meantime, don't cross the fire. So yeah, that's what's going on there. It, 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 it's it's uh, it's it's nuts. At this point, they're closing down even the grocery stores, and uh, the thought process behind this is, well, you know, I mean, the argument is, well, people will starve. Well, the person making this call says, well, then they starve. It's what, you know, if you're not prepared, you're not prepared. It is what it is. Anyone caught out will be shot on sight. We must contain this because, yeah. And my point is, a little more, a little more heavy in the situation we're in now, but still very real. Like, what are the odds that this book comes out? on the last weekly release because of a pandemic. Or, they say, because, in uh, uh, audio air quotes. 
Uh, yeah, no, that's, it's not because of that, but that's what they're saying. So there we go. Now the government, it, it doesn't take long before they realize, okay, let's, most of these people are going to suffer. Now, what, what, what are the, what are the effects of, you know, this, this virus? You pretty much bleed from the outside in or the inside out. And it's not pretty, you know, it's, it's certain death, of course, like I said, except for that 5%, which we will talk about that 5%. So the government says it's a lot more uh, peaceful to just go out on your own accord. So they issue out 400 million suicide pills, essentially, to the people. And then, you know, they're given the choice. You know, you could take yourself out or just take your chances, but more than likely you will fucking die. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> the, the 400 million people, they get wiped out because of these suicide pills. It does slow down the, the virus quite a bit. Uh, the, the, the world lasts about two months, and then all of a sudden the virus just goes away. No sign of it whatsoever. There's no good explanation. No one knows what the fuck happens, and all of a sudden everybody's just out after two months. Uh, fucking, this guy, I'm getting the chills re-talking, or talking about it out loud. I just remember reading it. It was the first book I read of the week, and I thought, holy fuck, is this what I'm in for right now? So from there... Uh, we, we divert over to a couple of individual characters, um, one of which is part of the 5% survivor. I, I believe both of them are, but it seems like only one of them wants to do something. Now, uh, it, uh, nothing is really explained here, but we do get notes that maybe this, this being is a little, has some powers of sorts, because she gets all bright and glowy and shit. That's not what regular humans do. So, I don't know if she survived because of it, but she seems very confused as to what the fuck's going on, too. But she's she's trying to convince her sister we should use what we have to help shit. And the sister goes, I don't know what the fuck we have. I don't even know if I have anything. I haven't glowed or anything. So, but, you know, they... I don't know. It's, there's a lot of... It's definitely opening up a lot of things. This is all issue one. Uh... <laughs> Meanwhile, we got someone else running for president now, um, and he's an independent billionaire, and he's the one that declares this this lockdown. And uh, when he when he does declare this rock lockdown that that caused this this whole hysteria, um, his his head of defense just up and resigns and says, you know, with all due respect, sir, I'm. I'm uh, not really into this type of drastic measure situation. I'm not going to have my name on this. Bye-bye. President shakes his hand, says, All right, peace. No, but no, no hard feelings. Well, that motherfucker goes missing. So, obviously, this, this president, this Stephen Mock motherfucker, this independent billionaire, uh, the only the fourth ever, I believe, at this point, to win as an independent candidate, third or fourth, something like that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, they, they, very political, very, very political, it's just real, this book is fucking real, and of course it's J. Michael Straczynski writing it, one of the greatest comic book writers, in my opinion, of all time, so, I highly suggest, if you are capable of getting your hands on a copy of The Resistance right now, just get it, I mean, who knows when we're gonna get issue number two, or how we're gonna get issued number two, but just as a single issue alone, this book is fucking mind-blowing. I mean, way too perfect for this time. You know, I know people are binging, you know, movies and shit that are involving pandemics and viruses and shit. If you want to really wrap your mind about or around some new medium involving the shit going on now, I don't think there's anything more real and hard-hitting than The Resistance. 
I said it. Okay, continuing on. Um, the Fuhrer and the Tramp, yeah? Uh, fucking Dark Horse, the Fuhrer and the Tramp. Ooh, as of right now, that interview is not up. Stay tuned for the interview with Sean McArdle, the writer of The Fuhrer and the Tramp. I was submitted this book early. I had the chance to read it early. Still read it in print for a second time once I got it, because it was that fucking good. So, Sean McArdle, Dexter Wee, and John Judy. Dexter Wee did the cover as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, this book was actually on the Key Collectors app, but because Sean McArdle was nominated for Best... Um, uh, what is it? A fucking, oh, I'm, I hate the words, I hate the idea of it so much I forgot the word. Digital comic, Jesus Christ, best digital comic, uh, yeah, uh, for this book right here. And now that it's in print via Dark Horse, there's a little bit of heat around it. I'd imagine it's sold out, so good luck finding it, if you can, pick it up. So what's going on here is essentially, Charlie Chaplin has been... Recruited by FDR to make a movie that is going to <laughs> involve taking out Hitler. And uh, it's... Uh, I don't want to get too far into it, because I don't want to give anything away. Keep in mind, because it is Charlie Chaplin based, a lot of this book, especially in the beginning, is done silently. But still, you pay attention to the panels as if there was a whole heap of dialogue there, because the art's that good and that enticing. Uh, <laughs> it's Charlie Chaplin versus the Nazis is what this is. I mean, come on. And how are you not buying this book? Dark Horse Comics. Sean McArdle. Stay tuned for the interview. Continuing on. Uh, from IDW, we got Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number 104. Uh, the, oh, man. This one, ugh. Kevin Eastman and Sophie Campbell. Uh, along with Sophie Campbell doing the cover as well. Sophie Campbell did the art and the story for this book. It's just, the way it's credited on the book is very misleading. Like she's credited third on there or something. When the first two people on there are just the story consultants. I don't say just because one of those names Kevin Eastman, but still. <laughs> um, just keep in mind, this is a Sophie Campbell book. So what's going on here is the turtles, they've been, you know, they seen in the alley, the, the little baby mutant things are about to get captured by uh, Hob. Hob's a prick, Pride calls out Hob. Uh, Pride is one of Jenica's new little mutanable crew members. And, uh, yeah, it calls, calls out Hob, and Hob essentially just kind of backs off, says, all right, whatever, there's more of you than me, and y'all have all the dirt on me, so I'm just going to bow out of this now while I can. Now, we got our little weasel friends and our little baby turtle friend. Uh, weasels go by the name of Zinc and Mushroom, and Turtle doesn't have a name. So, Jenica calls her Lita, on account of that's the lead singer of her favorite band. Lita Ford, anybody? Buddy. So, uh, yeah, so Lita and Zinc and Mushroom are rescued. I knew that that little fucking baby little albino turtle was was gonna was gonna play a part in this. I uh, it's, uh, made it three issues now, and now she's got a name. So, Jenica and her little crew, they arrive back at their little uh, encampment type of place, and Donnie's there. Jenica's stoked to see Donnie. Donnie says Raph's out back doesn't really want to say, or I think Jenica says Raph's out back. Yeah, 
that's what's going on. So I guess, long story short, they all end up meeting out back, and we get our first kind of glimpse at what could be a reunion of the Turtles since Splinter's departure. Well, man, yeah, that's that's exactly what happens. Everybody goes back home. Even the cat gets found. The cat is never lost. Mikey's cat was at the in the house the whole fucking time. Gotta love it. Ha ha ha. Ninja Turtles laughter. So, yeah, uh, now, well, at this time, it's time to honor Splinter. And they do so by starting what they call the Splinter Clan. And, yeah, that's, uh, I don't exactly know what that means. But I'm sure it's gonna mean fucking something. I'm sure the Splinter Clan will go down meaning something. But, uh, it's really just kind of a dojo, more than anything. I start a dojo. That's what it is. Well, now everything's established. Okay, we've got a dojo going. We're going to honor Splinter. We're all back together. It's time to let loose. Well, it's recommended that they go let loose by going to a metal show. And that's where the book leaves off. they got to go cut loose at a metal show. Gotta love it. That's Turtles. Uh, I fucking love this book. Carrying on, keeping it in IDW and even the, the Turtles world, we got the Jenica spinoff, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica number two. So this is Brom Revel. Brom Revel doing the cover as well. So what's going on here is Jenica, she's being enticed by her now mutanimal-ified ex-boyfriend, Psy. He says, hey, I know where to get a cure. Hey, remember being human? I know how to fix that. And then, you know, eventually she kind of, she's very reluctant, but she, she kind of figures out what his, what his uh, end game is. And his end game essentially is, well, I, I don't have the cure. I don't, but I, I know where I can get it. She says, okay, where you can get it. And she's like, oh, you know, I'll tell you where to get it. But it, um, I, I, it's, how as well and the how part meaning it's really expensive but I, I got a thing I got a thing but I'm gonna it requires a certain set of uh, specific skills pertaining to being a ninja not necessarily a turtle but I need those ninja skills and well we know that Sai based off the last issue wasn't the the most honorable and uh, well just law-abiding of fellows so he has himself a little stash. He wasn't going to go rob anybody. No, no, no. He already did that. And <laughs> he did his time. But he's got to go back and collect the loot. Well, it turns out the loot is now in a gun store. Uh, well, when they go in to break in and do their ninja shit, keep in mind, Jenica's not all about it. Not all about it at all. But it happens. And she, they both find themselves running out of the store, being chased by, well, Gun-toting motherfucking... Yeah. pow pow. <laughs> so, that's what's going on there. They're running away. Well. Well. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's another character in play here. And that character being a fellow by the name of Ivan. That Ivan feller, he actually is the guy that has access to the cure. He's the guy that needs the money. What Sai has. He needs that money. Sure. Yeah, we got another player in the game here, and I can only imagine the third and final issue of this little extra mini-series. It's gonna be quite the doozy. You know, I I see where they're going with this, I do. It's it's Jenica's struggle of, you know, being a new mutant. Don't. And, you know, having to deal with that, having already experienced a, a, a very uh, 
you know, decently long human life. I mean, yeah, she's still young for sure, but old enough to know what it is to live and experience things like love and you know, all that shit. Uh, not being a turtle, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool take. It really is, and you know, on a new turtle. I fucking recommend it for sure, and I'm really working hard on getting Brom Rebel. He agreed, but Nickelodeon is who I'm waiting for to, you know, facilitate the rest of this here interview that I got scheduled with Brom. Like I said, he's fully on board. Nickelodeon, I believe they have better things to do right now than respond to uh, me at the moment. But I'm going to remind them. I'm going to remind them. We're going to get Brom on here. We're going to talk Janica. I don't know why I went into that accent again. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Let's keep this going. We're going to go from Turtles to Rangers. Power Rangers. The Mighty Morphinist of Power Rangers. Number 49. Ryan Perrot, Danielle DeNicolo, and Walter Biamonte. Covered by Jamal Campbell. Alright. So, the, the Rangers, they're at Safe Haven. You know, the, the fucking, that, that one planet. Or that one area. Is it a planet? I don't know. Well, uh, they, they, <laughs> they've returned and they gotta save, save all the civilians. You know, the fucking Kaya turned on them and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out Kaya's been waiting in the dark the whole time. As soon as the ranger showed up, she, oh, right out of the shadows. Look at me, motherfucker, remember me? Turns out, I don't really want to kill you guys. I'm gonna offer you peace. I would rather have peace. And that really, you know, and like, she goes on to say, you know, at first you think, okay, cool. Kaya's gonna be good. Seems like she's gonna, you know, maybe be in the best interest of the Rangers. And then she takes a left turn and goes, fuck that motherfucker Tommy. He did all of this. This is all his fault. And I'm sure the one you're running with now is gonna eventually be a bad one. So fuck him. And yeah. So, mm, eh, break on the I'm, I'm with you guys type of situation. Really pumps the brakes on that one. And uh, essentially says, look. I'll, I'll spare you, I'll spare everybody here, you know, just hand over your morphers, just hand over your morphers, boom, all's good, well, boom, oh, I don't know why I said boom twice like that, Omega Rangers, in. <laughs> I don't know what the proper onomatopoeia was for that, uh, that's probably what it sounded like, <laughs> it's late, I've had a lot of coffee, and, uh, yeah, so, don't judge me. The Omega Rangers, they show up, and then we got the Power Rangers and the Omega Rangers. Well, at this point, Kaya says, you know what, fuck these motherfuckers, Dane, Garrison, get in here, attack. I'm going to peace out for a second, and yeah, you guys you guys deal with this. Meanwhile, XI and Ranger Slayer, they're out pium-puming across the, the, the worlds, and they're looking to activate the, the arc, or arch, that... You know, you fucking fix all this shit and send the bad people back and the good people where they should be. And you know, fucking, you know, the shattered grid works, right? Y'all know that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't fucking know either. But that's what's going on. That's what they're trying to do is activate this arc, arch, arc. And uh, yeah, well, meanwhile, meanwhile, Kaya she sends another army after the Rangers. So not only is Dane Garrison having to fight some shit, but or in the, in in the mix of all this shit, they're already super powered, but now, uh, fucking another whole another army of all these little uh, because she got threatened. You know, I'm not gonna lie, she got fucking threatened. She got scared. Rangers came out with their zords as soon as they saw Dane and Garrison. I don't blame them, um, but now, uh, it's not good. 
Uh, it looks like the first casualty or the one that's really getting her fucking shit rocked right now is going to be Trini. Oh, man. Uh, see, I think... I'm loving the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers books. It's, it's, it's... This whole timeline thing makes a lot more sense to me. Admittedly, Go-Go Power Rangers is a little confusing. The way it's jumping back and forth, it's just kind of telling the behind-the-scenes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Which I guess is cool, but I think Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is really where it's at right now. Issue 49, man, I can't imagine when, when issue 50 finally does come out. God damn, it, I don't want to think about that. I'm not going to talk in those terms. But yeah, when issue 50 comes out in mm, fucking three weeks like it's supposed to, right? Right? I bet you it's going to be a doozy, is what I'm getting at. So, yeah, I hope you took notes. <laughs> Let's move on to an image comic. A single image comic this week. But one that I was very, very excited about when it first popped up. <sighs> on the Stump. On the Stump number two. Chuck Brown and Prenzy. Chuck, er, Prenzy did the cover as well. I had Chuck on the podcast. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. Uh, he calls he calls me Ryan. It's cool. He's almost got it. Just kidding. I don't know. He's never... He's never miscalled me a name. <laughs> I can't imagine he remembers my name. But anyway, he was on the podcast. Talked to him all about On the Stump. And then I read On the Stump number two, which came out this week. And I continue to be all about this fucking book. Uh, really, the things to know about this book. On the indies, I don't like to go into super heavy detail a lot of times. Just because, you know, I still want to entice y'all motherfuckers into reading this shit all on your own. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, uh, sometimes I just gotta kind of tell you the the, the the little plot holes. So I don't want to think that uh, I want you to think that hey, because you spent eight minutes talking about the resistance, two and a half minutes talking about the talking about on the stump, the resistance was six minutes better than on the stump. That's not the case. It's just that with issue ones, I like to really lay out the ground of what's happening. With on the stump, we're on on issue number two now. So this is this is what's happening. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I like to give those little disclaimers. You know, for new listeners. That's all. I know you old listeners old listeners are super tired of fucking hearing that. I get it. I'm sorry. But there are new listeners every week. Welcome. And yeah, they have to know these things. So, Thunderbear. Thunderbear, he is enlisted uh, to help lift the mutant genetic enhancement ban that's going on. And yeah, so that uh, we can't pump up these these politicians with you know superpowers and put them in the stump on the stump and yeah um, and then you know we get this whole other situation with uh the the anti-killing law act thingy within the stump so you know the bad guys are trying to make it so that you can be on steroids and kill essentially <laughs> to get your place in Congress. It's gnarly, man. It's fucking gnarly, and it's just more of that, and Jack Hammer and Anna, and they, they go to the secret underground lair known as the Forge, and they try to recruit help from the blacksmiths. And yeah, well, it fucking turns out there's a whole bunch of uh, assassins that get thrown in the mix, and there's, there's just so much fucking good shit going on here. It's visually mind-blowing again. Just, if you're looking for something, uh, I don't want to say non-political because it's very political, but at the same time, not. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. it's nothing like you've ever read. It's it's goofy as fuck, but at the same time, it's real. It's raw. It's heavy. It's violent. It's ultra violent for sure. Ultra violence definitely the number one way to describe this book. Let's fucking recommend on the stump, man. 
And, uh, well, yeah, let's, that, that does it for the only image book this week I had on my list. Let's talk the last indie comic, which, now that I look at this, seems to take up about half of the, uh, half of the overviews here. So the indie's definitely, definitely the meat of the stack this week. Exo. Exo Man War. Exo Man War number one. Exo Man War number one by Valiant Comics. Fucking Valiant is delivering on these relaunches, man. I know that there's a lot of people going, mm, fucking Valiant's supposed to be the fucking name and not relaunching. And blah, 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 blah. You know what? You're fucking stupid if you don't pick up these books. I'm going to go and say you're fucking stupid if you're not picking up Bloodshot and Rye and now Exo right now. All these relaunches that you bastards are... <clears throat> Do it. Trust me. They are good. They are good. Uh, and I say good with a hard capital G. Hard capital G. Uh, XO was fucking incredible, man. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Hallam, Ruth Redman, Emilio Leso, just fucking Leso. I'm gonna say it wrong, sorry. But yeah, just fucking killed it. Christian Ward did cover A. Yes, there was an abundance of covers to choose from. Ain't mad at it. I picked up A, though. Oh, man. So, who is Exo? Well, Exo uh, is actually Eric. He's a 5th century Visgoth prince, and he has been united with this uh, sentinel armor known as Shannara. I think is how you say that. Shannara? Shannara? I'm going to call it Shannara. Uh, somebody correct my pronunciation. If it's wrong, please. Now, really, Exo is just a guy trying to make his way in the world while being a superhero when the world doesn't really know how to feel about superheroes. Get it? We've heard this story. Uh, but have you heard it done with Exo? With Dennis Hopeless Hallam doing it? No. No, you fucking haven't. And goddammit, this character is incredibly, incredibly fun. Super fun read. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go into detail on this one, uh, more than likely. So, it starts out with him just saving the city. The, you know, there was this uh, vine invasion that had, you know, vine being this, this uh, race of people that had, you know, and there was this whole thing that was about to take place in space. Exo stops it, and over time, one of the spacecrafts left in the, the wreckage ends up falling to the world, to the planet, and Exo goes and saves it. But when he, you know, when he keeps it from crashing from the earth, he parks it on a bridge, and, well, this is a big old nuisance, causes a big old traffic jam, uh, a bridge closure for a couple of months or something like that. It's just gnarly. Just, uh, but save the world, save the planet, or at least a whole good portion of it, but a bunch of fucking New Yorkers or whatever city is in pissed off at him because they, yeah, uh, stuck in traffic. So, like, you get an idea, you know, he's just a guy doing his part, but it's very misunderstood. And he ends up, you know, he's just fucking a guy, just blah, blah, blah. I'm going to join a fucking pickup game, basketball, play with these kids, and, yeah, you know, he shoots the ball way too hard, and it's hysterical, and it's goofy, and it's Dennis Hopeless Halloween. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But these kids, they, they play a big part in the story later on. And one thing you got to know is that one of the mothers of one of these kids is not a fan of EXO and his superheroing ways in any way, shape, or form. 
So, uh, that then, once again, that is going to play a part later on in the book. When Exo is responding to this crazy disaster again, and in this disaster, he notices a car chase, and when he goes to, you know, stop the car chase, uh, which, being chased by cops, um, he notices that the people in it are little urban, uh, kids with a bunch of crazy, angry, white gun-wielding cops. So, in doing so, uh, really, uh, Exo saves these kids' lives because the, the, the officers do actually open fire. And, you know, Exo, at first, he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking punish these motherfuckers. And when he realizes it's the kids, he's like, oh, shit, this is a shitty situation. Um, I'm, I've seen the news. This can't be a thing right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, uh, in doing so, he wins over a certain mother that was had an unfavorable opinion about him. Unfavorable opinion about him and that leads to a beautiful beautiful uh relationship of exo moving in and yeah it's 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 a starting to kind of get a different look in the public eye a little bit kind of sort of maybe not so much really and then yeah uh <laughs> There, and then there's more. There's definitely more shit that goes on afterwards that's not the end of the book. I'm going to leave it at that. There's no more action and crazy political goddamn, oh, shit, we're setting up some motherfucking shit. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking EXO, man. I'm, I've been anticipating the relaunch of EXO for some time now. I really have. And Valiant delivered with bells on once again. Just... Oh, yeah, yeah, granted, the delivery may seem like it have come from China and got lost in customs. It took a while, is what I'm saying. But when it got here, it was packed well. It was packed well, and it was everything you wanted. And then there was little bonuses in there, too. The, fa <laughs> the fact is, this book was fucking perfect. You, didn't, you don't have to know who EXO is going into this. This is a great introduction to the character that is EXO Man of War, Eric. If you're on a first-name basis like he and I. <laughs> Fucking Brian. Uh, yeah, that's... Oh, man. It does it for the indies this week. It does it for the indies. I really hope this isn't the last time for a while I'm talking about new indie books. I hope that's not the case. I really don't. Because, fuck. They're so good right now. Indie comics are so good right now. If you do have the ability to go pick up books out of an LCS, and you're not one of the people that are on mandatory lockdown, go just wipe out all the indie books off the shelves you can. Support them. Support them. And then you'll have good shit to read, too. It's a guarantee. Let's move in to DC now. DC Comics. I'll have good things to say uh, about the, the the big two from the rest of the podcast. On It's not going to get uh, political. We're just talking comics from here on. I promise. I won't be judgy. I don't think so. I don't plan on it. Uh, here we go. DC Comics. <laughs> Batman Beyond, number 42. Dan Jurgens, Sean Chen, Sean Parsons, and Chris Sotomayor. Uh, covered by Dustin Nguyen. Alright, so, Batwoman, she has Terry. She's kind of, you know, catching him up on some things. Yeah, I've got the bat suit now, blah, blah, blah. This is what's happening. And they make their way to the Batcave. Conveniently enough, the Batcave is being invaded by Blight, who knows he has very little time left, so he's going to take out Bruce Wayne while he can. Uh, at this point, it's 
um, Batwoman and Batman versus Blight because, once again, conveniently enough, there's two suits in there. Bruce Wayne's always tinkering. So, yeah, gotta love comic book convenience. At this point, they team up, they drive Blight deep, deep, deep down underground because we all know that's the best place to put a nuclear explosive in the Earth. But, you know, fucking apparently their science is better than mine. And, uh, <laughs> that's what they do. That's what they do, and, you know, everybody comes back, and re really the big question is, is who wears the bat suit tomorrow? Uh, I fucking love this book still. I, I think the action in it was great. Uh, it's, I mean, this wasn't the, the heaviest, hitting, hardest, deepest of the books that we've seen out of Batman so far, or Neo-Batwoman, if you will. But, uh, uh, you know, I, um, I, I still dig it. I like the fact that I'm pretty sure they ended this Blight thing, and they used Blight as a way to, uh, bring every, uh, bring things to light, let Dick know that his daughter was Batwoman, and I dig it, man. I dig this arc, I dug this arc, I, I look forward to seeing where it goes there, and really the question at the end of the book really is the question, who wears the suit tomorrow? But being that there's two suits, can we get a fucking team up, man? Can we get that? Batman, Batwoman, and... Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I could dig that. I could dig that. I could see that going for a minute. I could totally see that going. Uh, Alright, let's, let's do Batman Superman, huh? Let's talk about Batman Superman. Batman Superman number 8. This arc continues on. Way further past the infected like I thought it would. So we've got Joshua Williamson, Nick... Darrington and Dave McCaig on the art covered by Nick Darrington. At this point, Zod, he has unleashed Kandor via the la or via, uh, with the help of the Lazarus Pits. The Lazarus Pits have crazed the Kandorians, and they're all fucking crazy, homicidal, and just fucking shit up. Yeah, they're little, but they're little super people, so they still do a lot of fucking damage. Uh, now, Ra, he's, uh, <laughs> he says, well, let's just fucking kill all of them. Let's just kill all these motherfuckers. And Superman says, well, we can't do that. No, that's, that's not right. Uh, uh, Ra, <laughs> he still uses a UV grenade, uh, equipped with red sunlight. So this slows down everybody that, mm, fucking the Kandorians, Kandorians? And Superman himself, and blah, blah, blah. And this allows, you know, the, the ones that have been dropped into the Lazarus pits and crazed and running around free because of Zod to be recontained in some way, shape, or form. And Superman says, okay, we gotta get this back to the fortress. But then Raj, he, eventually at some point in time, he tries to fucking break the thing again and try to kill them all again. He's, he's dead set on killing fucking Kandors, what's going on here. Uh, what a lot of people seem to not realize is that Zod has more jars of Kandor people that have not been dipped into the Lazarus pit yet. So, yeah, fucking, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. One, you know, eventually some of the little bastards do get taken back to the fortress, and the Batman goes off and chases Zod and Raj after they get into a fight, and you can imagine who, who wins that fight. Zod. And, you know, now it's suspected that Raj is probably pretty injured, and he's probably making his way towards the Lazarus Pit himself, and, yeah, that's what the fuck's happening. That's what the fuck's happening. I'm actually digging this arc a lot more than I thought I would. You know, I'm, 
I was always very skeptical about Joshua Williamson. And, you know, now that we've moved on to two arcs now within the same series, I like it. I'm, I'm confident. I'm cool with it. Oh, I'm, fuck. I dig it, man. I'm digging Joshua Williamson on Batman Superman. I gotta say it. Let's keep this going even further. The last DC book of the week to talk about is Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad number four. Tom Taylor, Daniel, St. Pierre, Juan, Albaron, and Adriano Lucas. I don't know why I said it like that. What's the fucking accents, Brian? And Bruno Redondo did the cover. All right. Target Boomerang is what's happening here. Boomerang, former Suicide Squatter. Suicide Squatter? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> suicide Squatter. That sounds uh, dirty. And, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot to that. I'm going to not say that word anymore. Former Suicide Squad member, Boomerang. He's on the run. He is the new target. The, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, Locke. Loke. Locke has, yeah, fucking mm, placed for the Suicide Squad. You know how that works, right? <sighs> well, I guess Osita, new member of the Suicide Squad, has a particular grudge against Boomerang on account of he killed her wife. Yeah, I'd be a little pissed too. And that makes things, that's going to make things interesting, I'm sure, when they finally catch up to Boomerang. But before, while they're in the midst of catching up to Boomerang, they're all kind of plotting, hey, maybe Locke isn't quite the... The, the, the boss that we really should have, you know, um, Amanda Waller was a bitch, but at least she was a, you know, a good bitch. This guy is a fucking lunatic. I mean, he just blew up a kid's fucking head, man. He just blew up his fucking head, man, like right in front of us. He's fucking little kid, man, he just blew it up. And, uh, yeah, it fucking, you know, it, it disturbed some people. All of the Suicide Squad. Enough to convince everybody that, yeah, fuck, fuck this guy. But we're still gonna, you know, pretend like we're doing our thing. And they do track down Boomerang. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, uh, I forget who, I think it's Deadshot says, Hey, this guy's always had a hard time with speedsters. Jog, that's your cue. Jog goes to start pium puming real quick and fast. And Boomerang immediately triggers uh, an explosive Jog's face is kind of on fire at the end of the book. It's just kind of on fire a whole lot. Not just his face, like a lot of him. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for Jog. Don't kill Jog. Come on. Come on. That's okay. I don't care. Uh, so, was that the last DC book I'm going to talk about for a little while? That's a new book? God, I hope not, guys. But if it is, it was a good one. It was a good one. I, fuck, I, God, don't fucking dangle Suicide Squad by Tom Taylor in front of my face for four issues and then make me wait a long time for more. That's not cool, man. It's not cool. All right, that does it for DC. Hopefully for not too long. Let's let's wrap up these overviews with some Marvel talk. Oh boy, we got a few Marvel books this week. Definitely got a few. Immortal Hulk is where we're gonna start. Number 33, but if you're legacy counting, 750. Immortal Hulk number 750 is how I'm going to say it this time. Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, Paul Mounts, Nick uh, Pretoria, and Michael Garland. There's a whole bunch of others involved too in the inking process, but I ran out of room. Sorry, guys. 
uh, covered by Alex Ross, as these Immortal Hulks have tended to do for 33 issues now. Alright, uh, admittedly I had to read this one twice. Uh, partially because I'm partially stupid, but uh, also because, you know, sometimes how you. Just a lot, there's a, just a lot going on in this book, essentially. Uh, it can be confusing at times, at least it was for me. Right now, Banner, who is under the impression that his name is Robert, is being explained that his memories are all false because of this Zemnu character that's come in and just manipulated everybody's minds, and yeah, via this crazy Happy Land TV show, what was it called? Something TV, Happy something, Happy World TV show, I don't know, it was a fucking TV show, had made people happy, I don't know. <laughs> but meanwhile, within the mind of Banner wrestles the Hulks, and I say the Hulks, meaning various versions and personalities of the Hulk. You know, the current Hulk, World Breaker Hulk, and those are really the main two in dialogue here. And eventually that leads to the actual uh, emergence, emergent, yeah, emergence of Hulk. F right from Banner's physical body, just like, sheds him like a goddamn lizard skin. Apparently, no one's really too concerned about this. They say it's not the first time it's happened. Banner will heal. He'll be fine. <laughs> that was my first thing. I was like, they just, just fucking kill Banner? And the Hulk's right there. I understand Hulk can't be killed, but... They kill Banner? If there's several, I don't know, but then no, it's, he'll be fine. Uh, and, well, yeah, from this point, Hulk take out White Thing. White Thing being Zemnu. And, no, yeah, that's the target now, but... Zemnu has motives of his own. He's working with Roxxon. And working with, uh, what's his name, Dario Agar or the Minotaur. Yeah, Zemnu kills him pretty good. Or at least, uh, I don't know, mutilates him pretty good. Can't say for sure he's dead. Might not be completely dead, but he's not looking good. Let's put it that way. This is the the, the horror that the, the, the book has been all about from really the very beginning um, but on this one they just kind of took it to another level there's a whole lot of splash pages a whole lot of just Joe Bennett just flexes man he really flexes his ability to draw a uh, grotesque type of uh, body dysmorphia really and within the world of the Hulk fucking love it man I fucking love it and I really the the main get out of all of this is the emergence of uh, Worldbreaker Hulk and the leader. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. The leader seems to have been Rick Jones this whole time. Or at least is now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that question will be answered, though. Holy shit. The leader is back. Worldbreaker Hulk out doing shit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this book, man. Uh, like I said, it took me a minute the first time. Uh, I, did, I didn't get it at all. I really didn't. And I didn't even read it all the way through the first time. I got about three quarters of the way through. And I thought, okay, I gotta try this again. Missing something here. And no, uh, it's just a lot going on. You, there's a lot that you need to pay attention to, admittedly. But that's not necessarily a bad thing for comics. It's just a little harder for me to comprehend when... I just read, like, 12 books before that, or however many it was. But you get the idea. A bunch of books. So, yeah. Immortal Hulk. I recommend it. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
Shall we talk mutants? Let's talk mutants. Oh man, the mutant talk. Uh, <laughs> Hellions. Hellions number one, Zeb Wells, Steven Segovia, and David Curiel. Uh, covered by Segovia and Rain Barreto. Alright, so essentially what this is, is it's the uh, Misfit Mutant team. It consists of Empath, Wild Child Nanny, Orphan Maker, Scowl, Punter, and Havoc. Uh, led by Psylocke. And the idea was all Mr. Sinisters. So you can imagine how much fun this book is going to turn out to be. Um, they kind of give a quick how they got in this situation, one page type of thing for each individual character in here, which I thought was really, really neat. I'm not going to get into the details of all of that. Experience it for yourself. They're all cool little backstories, and not necessarily like backstories, but as to why they're considered, uh, what, what's the word, troubled mutants, if you will. And, uh, yeah, well, their first mission is to go to the Essex State Home for Foundlings, and well, you know, Mr. one of Mr. Sinister's old projects. <laughs> Not a thing anymore, except for now it's housing a bunch of mutant, or clones, mutant clones, and they gotta go there and destroy them. And there's something really, really shitty waiting there for them. Hellions was pretty cool, it was, you know, it was a, it was a cool setup book. I mean... I'll, I'll give it two or three issues. We'll see. We'll see. I like Havoc. You know, other than that, the other mutants in there haven't really enticed me quite yet. Empath was very enticing. He's got a cool power. You know, instead of being able to feel others' emotions, he's able to kind of redirect emotions and make others feel his emotions, I guess. I don't know. He's like a reverse empath. It's weird. But I don't know. That was an enticing character that I haven't read anything about yet. I just, I like the idea of the team being led by Mr. Sinister and Havoc being involved. It's just, I don't know, it was a cool concept. We'll see. We'll see what Zeb Wells can pull off. Uh, continuing on, more mutant talk. Wolverine. Wolverine, number two, Benjamin Percy, Adam Cooper, and Frank Martin. Again, that's the second time I've mentioned his name on this podcast. Cooper and Martin did the cover as well. So, um, I, f I feel like this book suits better reading it directly after issue number one, because it really just goes right into it, and a lot of stuff happened in number one, and they remind you that a lot of stuff is continuing to happen in this book, but when, you, when I went back and uh, reminded myself of number one in my notes, the, the, the number two seemed just that much more interesting. Not that the... It's, it's, it's not rare for a number two to be not as entertaining as a number one. I get it. At this point, you're just building on the stuff that you just set up. It's kind of what this is. Um, for the most part, the things to know is that Logan wakes up in what is known as a repair shop with a fucker called the Healer. He's brought in by Jeff Bannister. He, he works for the government or something like that. You know, at this point, Logan realizes that he was responsible for killing his team. Thankfully, mutants are able to be regenerated again. This, or uh, re resurrected is what I mean to say. Obviously, this is going to kind of set off a little bit of a tiff between he and Cyclops, because Cyclops is a little bitch. And, yeah, we get a little bit of a back and forth there. But really, the big thing, the big thing to take from all of this is the fact that the Marauders involved. 
the Marauders washed ashore, and, you know, the team turns up except for Bishop. He seems to have gone overboard during some kerfuffle that has happened, and in that kerfuffle, along with the missing Bishop, is a bunch of these Krakoan petals, as you know, is a main... S the ingredient for the Krakoan medicine that... Uh, the, well, the world, the non-mutants, muties, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say that word, non-mutants, uh, you know, really desire, you know, long life longevity and no cancer and shit like that. These petals are important, and one could potentially manufacture them in a, I don't know, not so great way if they were in the wrong hands outside of mutants. See what's going on here? That's what you need to take from all of this. That's the real thing, and it looks like Wolverine and Jeff Bannister are the guys to fix it all. So, that's who they're going to go after. And the bitch running the whole bad thing is one known as the Pale Girl, who just looks like this hologram thing, ghost person with a half a face. I don't know, but apparently you know, that's, that's the person running the whole scheme behind the heist and all of that shit. Where's Bishop? I don't know. But, yeah, that's what's happening in Wolverine. Um, I, I, I know that this book is going to deliver something massive, because that's what Benjamin Percy does. Like I said, this one was just kind of playing off the p stuff that they were blowing our minds with in the first issue to make sure we picked up this one, and hopefully giving us the faith to continue on with an issue number three. That's where I'm at right now on it. I don't know. Uh, we're going to talk more X-Men, though. More mutant talk. Uh, X-Men crossing over with the Fantastic Four. For the third time, X-Men Fantastic Four, number three, Chip Zarsky, Terry Dodson, Rachel Dodson, and Laura Martin. Uh, Terry Dodson also did the cover as well. So the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are still at each other's throats over the custody of uh, Frank and Val, who are on Doom Island with Doom, Doom wants to make Reed the greatest that he could possibly be. Uh, he was brought there by the Marauder. Uh, the Marauder... So, yeah, well, after the little air fight and dog fight between the Fantastic Four and the X-Men, they make their way to Doom Island, and at this point, you know, they demand when they see Doom, hey, you know, mutants are looking for, obviously, Franklin, because that's the whole target to this whole arc. But... Uh, well, the the Marauders, you know, we need them. So, thankfully, as we all know, they're all safe and sound, and uh, really the Marauders are more on Doom's side than Magneto and Xavier's when they show up to, you know, just kind of be the diplomats in this whole situation. Uh, meanwhile, Reed's trying to convince Franklin, hey, you don't need to do this, and Franklin's not too happy knowing that Reed has held him back, and... Yeah, uh, it's it's not looking go so good for the daddy kid or son relationship going on there. Uh, while all of that's happening though, uh, the there's there's mutants out there attempting a covert uh, rescue op. Now there are mutants on Doom Island, and they are led to believe that they're there. They're they just want to make sure they're not there against their will. You know, it is Doctor Doom of all people. Yes, he runs a country, he runs Latveria, and all of his people love and praise him as, as if he were a god. Uh, but, you know, how does he treat mutants? Turns out, not so bad. 
<laughs> not so bad at all. But the you know they don't really you know this team doesn't really want to believe it, and it leads to once again a little bit of a kerfuffle, and that attracts the attention of what are believed to be Doombots. Doombots show up, and there's a fight. But the thing is, is that when Wolverine goes to shove his little claw thingies in a Doombot, expecting it to be circuits and sparks, there's blood. And, well, uh, it's real Latvarians in these, these, these suits. That means that Wolverine has murdered. And not just murdered, he has murdered a Latvarian on Doom's fucking home court, man. Doom's pissed. He unleashes not just Doombots, not just the Doombots, Doom Sentinels. So they big. They big, and that's what the fuck's going on here. At this point, it seems like they got a lot a lot more to worry about than Franklin and his uh, overpowering ability to be the greatest and most powerful mutant of all time. It's now, I'm going to take out Doombot Sentinels. That's scary shit, man. And hopefully the X-Men and Fantastic Four can figure out a way to fucking team up and stop being little bitches. Uh, alright. I've drugged this out long enough. I don't want to talk about the last book. I really don't. Not because it's not good. Just I don't want this to be the last book I talk about for a long time. This is fucking sad, man. But I'm going to do it. Because it's got to happen. I'm going to rip off the band-aid. 2024 works. Number two. We get another Iron Man 2020 event tie-in. This has been easily my favorite tie-in out of all of these Matthew Rosenberg's just killing it with this team. I fucking love this team. Uh, Juan and Ramirez, along with Roberto De Salvo and Federico Bleed, all on the art. Uh, Ramirez and Matt Milla did the cover. Oh man! So <laughs> our team, our team, and to you know, to further remind you, consisting of uh, Quake, Mockingbird, U.S. Agent, and War Machine. They are all being held captive by these Deathlocks, and they're in this cell, and they're in this cell with a bunch of non-superheroes, but, you know, they're the locals. But it turns out these locals are the same motherfuckers that shot down their plane, and why they're in the situation they're in now. Can you blame them? Crazy plane just flying over? I don't know, I just don't shoot down planes. Uh, well, here they are, all in a cell together, and you can imagine there's a little bit of bad blood. And it's revealed that the purpose of them being contained or detained is uh, they are essentially being farmed. Farmed for their parts. Then they are continued to be referenced as parts or spare parts, if you will, for the remainder of this book. And that's all these Deathlocks see these people as. They're just going to program them, make them kind of cyborgish, and yeah. They've got some good healthy bodies that could do a lot of fucking damage with the right computer chip running it. Or at least that's that's what's perceived to happen. Well, uh, the team of Deathlocks come in. They claim come to claim their first little group of the cell, and despite the fact that hey, you shot us down. Well, the team being the team that they are, they still say hey, you shouldn't mutilate that guy and turn him into a robot. So they kind of fight back. Uh, and as they're fighting back, the the Deathlocks they. <laughs> They have their attention diverted by something much bigger in the distance happening, and they run away, and they do, and this is really convenient. At the same time, Quake also does her big earthquake thingy that she does, and yeah, that fucks up a lot of people and sends some people away, and 
Um, and in the midst of all of that, uh, the Death Clocks do get away with someone. They get away with Rhodey. So Rhodey, War Machine, is all... In, he's, he's about to be the next goddamn Death Clock. And it's not looking good. And, well, you know, he's... The, the, the bad people are given their evil dialogue like they do. Uh, and Rhodey's laying paralyzed, ready to become a cyborg. Not so ready, but he's fixing to. Uh, the, the, the rest of the, the, the team, they have to face a big old giant again. Another giant thing. Another giant threat. What do you know? Uh, and, eh, well, <laughs> uh, luckily they're able to fucking break out Rhodey and the way that, you know, comic books tend to happen out of convenience, but Rosenberg does a good job of reeling us all in, making it all very believable. It happens, it happens. U.S. agent comes in, fucks some motherfuckers up, and frees Rhodey, and then they go and they fight the real threat of the giant again, and, um, yeah. Well, uh, once again, the, 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 the death clocks, they flee. Apparently these death clocks are a bunch of little bitches when there's anything bigger than them in front of us. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I didn't think Rosenberg could make this book any more interesting until he brought in this last page. And, super spoiler, MODOK. MODOK is there. And he's not there as a threat. MODOK straight up says, I want to join Forceworks. <laughs> I fucking love this so much. Like, Rosenberg is a goddamn genius. That's all I'm going to say. I have no idea where he's going to go with this. I want to see MODOK as a good guy. Last time I saw MODOK... There is a little bit of uh, sympathy going on for him, you know? I think it's a one-shot, uh, what, what was it, X-Men Black, I believe it was. And, sorry, this is over a year ago now. Yeah, he was just trying to catch a date. That's all he was. Just trying to catch a fucking date. So, yeah. <laughs> Made him not hate him so much. Now he's going to join the fucking Force Works? Greatest team ever. Give this team a ongoing series, and I will buy every single issue. That wraps up the overviews for the week. Fuck, I hope that wasn't... If that was the last book that I'm overviewing for a while, last new book that I overview for a while, then God damn it, it was a fucking good one. I got a sweet, sweet taste in my mouth when it's all said and done. Uh, I, I hope that wasn't it, but if it is, I'm, I'm satisfied for a while because Rosenberg really delivered. Uh, I didn't plan on Forceworks being the last book that I read of the week, but it worked out well. Worked out well. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't think it was going to be that good. So, um, that's the overviews, y'all. We'll, we'll be back with more eventually, I'm sure. In the meanwhile, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back with the last half of the podcast, or part of the podcast. Mm, you know, we got more books to talk about in a smaller fashion with honorable mentions. we got wall books. we got my most recommended. Um, I'm even going to read some fucking reviews, because I've... Had some reviews come in, and some of them are pretty funny to read, at least for me. So, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. Hang on. Hey, how you doing? My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here to invite you to head on over to the 143 Podcast Network to check out all our shows that range from collecting, music, all things geek, all under one roof, right here on the 143 Podcast Network, partnering with Age of Radio. Check us out. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. 
Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right, welcome back. Uh, at this point, I'm going to talk about the books that didn't quite make the overviews, but still very worthy of mentioning. This be the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, and just like I said, yeah, there, there's uh, books I picked up. I still need to talk about them. Just couldn't necessarily find the talking points, or, you know, I usually give the reason within the the explanation <laughs> of the book as it goes on as to why I'm not talking about it. So let's just get on with it, Jesus Christ. First off, Road to Empire. Road to Empire number one. So I originally had this on the top of my stack, and then I realized that, well, I've seen that books are going to stop being published for a while. I don't want to read the prelude to an event if the event isn't going to start for a while. So this one's just kind of put on the reserve pile. Uh, Detective Comics number 1021, the Two-Face cult saga thingy is continuing on, and really this book is more just visually grotesque than anything, and that's where the storytelling takes place. It's hard to just talk about it when it's mostly visual. Um, and just know that Two-Face is still a prick, yeah. and Harvey doesn't know how to feel about that. Very, very, very bipolar. I, I dug the book. It's still great. Peter J. Tomasi's still killing it. Uh, God Killers, number two, I read this one, it was the uh, same way I felt about number one, you know, number one was an honorable mention as well, couldn't really figure out what to talk about, just know that it involves a, um, an Arabic covert up badass, and there's some, there's some God killing going on, so, yeah, that's God Killers, number two, the fucking cover though, that cover will sell a goddamn book, uh, Transformers Terminator, number one, I read this one. Uh, it was mostly the Terminator, and then at the end there was some Transformers. You know, it was, it was kind of like, oh, you know, fucking, doon, doon, you know, fucking. <laughs> I don't know why I had to fucking, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I need more coffee. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very misleading, and, and in, in a good way, in a good way. You know, you think that old Arnie's coming down to, you know, there's Sarah Connor, and think that he's trying to save the world from the T-1000s, and no, he's trying to save the world from uh, the, the, the Cybertrons. <laughs> it was cool, man. Was, uh, I'm sure there'll be more. I I, hope, I, I would imagine there's more. Uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight. Ah, it's eight issues now. Guess what? It's time. It's time. I'm going to do a trade negotiation on this, so the all eight issues are over. I'm going to go through, and I would expect within the next... Within the next couple of weeks, you'll hear me talk about this book more in detail. So that's why it hasn't been a part of the uh, normal overviews. Uh, you know, it's uh, with its monthly release. I've been waiting to read it in bulk. Rick and Morty, number 60. That's it for Rick and Morty. It's all over. I've been collecting Rick and Morty just to have some Rick and Morty here and there. I think I've been collecting since the last 10 issues or so. With a few thrown in 
um, sporadically before all that. So yeah, Kyle Starks, his run on Rick and Morty is over. No more Rick and Morty. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of one-shots and miniseries and shit coming out, but as of right now, no more ongoing. Uh, well, I'm sure that'll be temporary. Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider number four. I'll, I'll get around to it. It's a cool miniseries. You know, I like Cosmic Ghost Rider. It just doesn't seem like a necessity or a priority book, especially when I have... 15 or 16 other perfectly good books to talk about um, that do kind of pertain to canon and all of that shit. Not that, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider isn't canon, but his stories as of right now seem to be more for the sake of fun. So, uh, yeah, there we go then. I'll get to it eventually. I like having it in there. It's an apocalypse book. Uh, Justice League Dark. You know, number 21 now. I've, I think at this point, I think I'm 15 issues behind, 14, 13 issues behind, a whole lot of issues behind. Maybe I'll get around to catching up on Justice League Dark. We'll see. We'll see. It look, I mean, anything that has Zatanna and uh, Detective Chimp on the cover, I'm, I'm going to automatically be about. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's check it out, maybe. Once in Future, number 7. Once in Future, number 7, confirms that this wasn't just going to be a six-parter. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, going to be an ongoing, like they, they said. You know, I, I like that they extended it. I didn't f read the finale. I do still have to read issue number 6, and that's part of why I didn't get to issue number 7. But I have a feeling I'll have the time to go through and do some catching up on quite a few books. And the last honorable mention to talk about is going to be spider-man number 42 you know at this point i'm really just collecting spider-man to collect spider-man uh spencer's run hasn't really enticed me too much lately you know it's fun it's goofy it's whatever but it's not really what i look for in a spider-man comic so i'm just i don't know i just don't want any gaps in my collection so it continues to get my you know get my pull every every two weeks or whatever it is now but yeah that's that's where i'm at on spider-man plenty of books to still read that i didn't talk about is my point of honorable mentions now that brings me to my next segment my next segment being wall books wall books is where i celebrate the cover the books that I pick up specifically just for the sake of the cover, you know, these these artists work their asses off to you know get it, to make it as cover artists. That really, I guess, is the ultimate dream of being a comic book artist is just being a cover artist. So they need to, they need to be celebrated. Plus, covers sell books. That's all there is to it. I've had this conversation numerous times. Got a couple of wall books that'll be hung up in Studio Cerebro this week. Some new additions. First one going to be Suicide Squad number four. I love this goddamn uh, this 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 variant here. This variant was incredible. Uh, it's it's very photorealistic of the remaining members of the Suicide Squad. Uh, keep in mind while I stall while I find the artist, Jeremy Roberts did the variant cover. So good on you, man. This is gonna look great up there. Uh, it, the closer you look at it, the the there's just there's. I like the realism of these characters. It's cool. I like how they drew Finn. Uh, I call him Jock. Locke, look extra scary, drawn real. Harley definitely being the, the, the focal point of the, the thing. Fuck, I don't know. She's pretty psycho. I don't know. It's just a good fucking cover. And then the only other wall book I have this week is going to be Detective Comics number 1021. Libra Mayho did another Detective cover. 
of Batman, and it's uh, just as fucking awesome as all of the other ones. It's gonna look amazing on the wall of Batman that's that's hanging up now. Oh man, that's it. That's all I picked up. Those are all the books that I picked up. But I hope those weren't the last books uh, in print. I hope. Ah, I'm gonna keep saying it. I don't want that to be. So, with all of that being said, you've seen what I picked up, you've seen what I've admired, let me talk about my most recommended. These are my top books of the week, three different categories, all celebrating different aspects of the world of comic books. First one being cover, my cover of the week, Shelf Appeal, Detective. Bieber Mayho kills it again with Detective 1021, I highly suggest it. You know, you're looking for a cool orangey type of art to go up on your wall, maybe a little... Uh, blackish, shadowy type of figure. There you go. This is the cover for you. <laughs> uh, next up, interiors. As we all know, comics cannot be told without an artist, so these artists should be celebrated. I think the most visually stunning book of the week, and this is actually a really hard decision to make, um, but uh, after flipping through a bunch of books over and over trying to make this decision, I've come to the conclusion that Hellions, number one, took it. Steven Segovia. I like the way you drew these fucking mutants, man. I dig it. Uh, I, uh... <laughs> when Hellions eventually continues on, it may actually be... The, the art may be the thing that really uh, keeps me on it. You know, like I said, I'm kind of on the fence now, but that fucking art, I, I admire. And that's... That's doing its job as an artist. His job as an artist. Not it. It's a person. <laughs> uh, finally, my favorite thing I read all week on all levels. My story of the week goes to Exo Man of War. Number one, maybe it's because I've been anticipating this book for, fuck, what seems like months and months. And way before they announced the launch of the book, I've been saying we need Exo back and... Then they attach this fucking creative team to it, Dennis, Hopeless, and uh, God damn it, it's, it was just brilliant. It was, and like I said, if you don't know who EXO is, you don't need to. It's a great introduction to an amazing character of the Valiant Universe, maybe the most important character of the Valiant Universe. That's an arguable statement for sure, but it's my statement. Oh man, that does it. That does it. Those are my top books of the week but i would like to keep the conversation going this could be the last weekly podcast like i said that's the formatting still up in the air but with that all being said i want to talk about the love that you guys have shown me and that i've promised for a while now that i was going to read reviews and i know i haven't talked about reviews so a lot of you thinking oh he's not getting reviews so i'm not going to do any apple reviews because eh, he said he'd read them if he got them and if he's not reading them he's probably not getting them well you're wrong i'm getting them i'm getting a whole heap of them so i am going to prove to you <laughs> and you know maybe entice you you know when i read out reviews maybe say hey i want to be i want to be on a podcast and this is a good way to do it. So, as I continue to stall and wait for iTunes to open, <laughs> uh, I was actually, I'm, I'm very humbled And when I read a lot of these. A bunch of them came in a short period of time. That's super cool. So now by no means am I going to go through and read all of these reviews, but I'm going to read a few of my favorite ones. Um, let's see here. 
Ah, Joanna says, a really informative podcast and his voice is soothing. If you're a comic book fan, you gotta subscribe. Uh, I never found my voice to be soothing, but I'm flattered by that, and I know there's a couple other people that say the same thing. Uh, I hope this podcast isn't putting you to sleep. I hope that's not the thing. I hope <laughs> I would like to think that it's exciting, but it's a five-star review, and it seems like the Joanne is excited to say it, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, let's see here. TMac817 says, I love comics. I love being a nerd. So obviously, I float to quality nerd things. Boom. I'm here. Great show. Quality hosting, passionate conversation, and entertainment. That's all you can ask for. Cheers to ya. Oh, that's from the... I know who sent that. Hey, thanks, TMac817. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Well, Taff79 says if you're a comic fan, you need to subscribe. Great pod. Um, apparently, you're really busy, Taff. You know, you can't finish the word podcast, and that means a lot. If you can't finish the word podcast and you still took the time to say excellent show and uh, give me five stars, that, that means that much <laughs> more to me. Thanks, Taff79. Uh, okay, this was this was my favorite one. Underscore, uh, underscore, underscore says <laughs> Brian is a great host and does an awesome jump catching up. Okay, well, mind the fuck, you know, you get it. Uh, jump catching catching me up on while I miss while preparing me for what's to come. No, he isn't a comic book superhero, but he is a comic book hero. Aww. Pull list priorities is a great way to find out what to keep an eye out for while you are in the shop. Trade negotiations is perfect for getting the spoiler light version of trade paperbacks and full runs. And the overviews in the regular weekly episode are my favorite because it allows me to catch up with the chatter in the shop without actually having to read books that don't interest me. See? <laughs> it's working! P.S. Brian's interaction on Twitter is great. Hey, He throws up weekly polls and keeps... Oh, but wow, they're really fucking... There's more. His slurs in the know. Oh, I appreciate that underscore. It says, most anticipated podcast of the week. Am I getting a little teary-eyed reading that? It might be. Uh, let's see. Oh, Don't Feed the Wolf. We all know Don't Feed the Wolf. He took the time. And we all know how busy that guy is, Sean. Brian is well-informed, and his insatiable appetite for comics is... Out to great use as he shares his love with the community and gives back through Cheers to Comics podcast. From all level for uh, for all levels of readers to those who are looking for more to those who are curious what others think, have a drink and tune in. The comic machine is what he called that review. I am a fucking machine. <laughs> this is there's, there's so many great things. There's another one in here. Uh, let's see. Oh, all right. I've been trying to get my girlfriend into comics for the freaking longest, says William Jack Thomas. This is entitled, Oh Fuck. I've been trying to get my girlfriend into comics for the longest freaking time. Started playing this show, and she was immediately talking about them and asking questions about the show. About Samurai Jack, and the Power Rangers, and Nightwing, and Batman. 
Dude, this show is how you get hot girls into comics. She was instantly hooked. Still listening as I'm writing this. She fell in love with this podcast, and as a result, I have as well. Let's go! Thank you so much. Spoil away, bro. <laughs> Thanks, William Jack Thomas. I'm gonna call you Billy Jack, because I feel that much closer to you. Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm flat. This podcast is how you get hot girls into comics. Uh, that's just a few, you know, I'm going to continue to do this. I have a feeling I have a little bit more time as, uh, the, you know, the slowdown continues, but hey, if you want your podcast read or your podcast, your podcast review read, or if you're busy, like old Taff pod review read, then fucking do it. Just read a guy's five star review and I'll talk all about it. I'll, you know, maybe I'll make funny a little bit, but it's all in good it's all in good fun. I love you guys so much for doing this, and that's a great segue. That's how you support this podcast, is leave these fucking reviews, man. I know it doesn't seem like much, but the more five-star reviews are left, the greater the chance of this podcast being recognized in the Apple uh, uh, algorithms. And we all know how algorithms work, right? Or if you don't, just know it's a big word, and... Uh, it means important things. So, do that. Take that time. Also, also, if you're feeling extra generous, I have a patron. Cheers to Comics has a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. Uh, your donations on the month mean a tremendous amount to uh, I as a host. Uh, and really... Uh, so many other things. The production of this podcast, it all goes towards good causes, upgrades and equipment, uh, other things. I do giveaways. A lot, of the, a lot of the money you guys are giving me goes right back into the giveaways that I'll be doing. Uh, by the way, I forgot. That reminds me. I got some Harley Quinn books I got to give away here. I got to announce the winners on that. So, yeah, I'll do that on Twitter here right in a second. So, yeah, be a part of that. I'm going to give away some more stuff. I think the next thing is I'm going to give away some... I'm going to give away a Star Wars book. So follow at Cheers to Comics on Twitter to figure out how to do all of that. And, um, yeah, I'm going to keep you guys as entertained with comic books as I possibly can. Yes, as of right now, there are no new books scheduled to come out, but things change by the hour in this industry. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to keep you informed, though. I'm going to keep you informed. I'm going to keep you entertained. I'm going to keep you loving comics. You slurds. Read responsibly. Cheers. Hey, real quick, I'm back. <laughs> you guys said I was going to leave you. I just can't let this fucking episode go. I'm not going to let it go. I would like to remind you that during these harsh times of finding ways to get comic books, that we, there is still the virtual world. And that leads me to some sponsors that I'm proud to bring up here. All brought, by, brought to you by the NSC Live TV crew. I say more brought to me to bring to you. <laughs> uh, NSCLiveTV.com. Uh, so first off, first off, we're going to talk about Hooked on Comics. Now, when I say comics done virtually, sold virtually, uh, this is uh, online auction status, man. Hooked on Comics. They come to you on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, and where you find them, you find them on nsclivetv.com, their channel 12. You could find them in their Facebook group. You could find them in the Cheers to Comics Facebook group because I'm going to be uh, sharing out all of those live 
feeds. Now, what to expect from an amazing dealer like Hooked on Comics? Well, I'll tell you, it's going to be uh, a whole lot of slabs, like a whole wall of slabs, and then we've got a bin room, and you know, they're just they're just auctioning stuff, man. They're auctioning great, great books, great, great books. So if you're you're fiending, like I already am, one week without comics and it just it feels like I just found out Santa Claus was shot. Not Santa Claus isn't real. Santa Claus was shot and murdered, and it's just it's it sucks knowing that this he's he's not here. <laughs> he's not gonna be here. So that's that's what it feels like. But but happy little elves like hooked on comics. I don't know why it's Christmas all of a sudden, but fuck it. It's the analogy I'm rolling with. They're delivering books. That's that's all there is to it. And elves like John and Mary, they 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 come at you, and they, they really do. They deliver great great quality books, and an abundance and a variety, <laughs> so much variety. Great prices, man. You really catch some steals right now, uh, at any time for that matter. So support small businesses like Hooked on Comics. Support local comic book stores who are all struggling to keep their doors open right now. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man, uh, Hooked on Comics, also, also brought to me to bring to you by NSCLiveTV.com, we've got Sergeant and the Commander auctions. Now, Sergeant and the Commander auctions, they can be found on Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, so more of an afternoon show, on Fridays. So they're on channel 15 of NSCLiveTV.com, also they have their facebook group page and once again join the cheers to comics facebook group page and you'll you're gonna see those live streams pop up when they happen on fridays at 4 30 p.m pacific time so a little bit about sergeant and the commander auctions first off quality because that's all nsc is going to bring to me is quality vendors because i don't i don't want no bullshitters man i want people to know how to pack up comics i want people that love this industry well raul and donna have been in this game for 20 years they've loved comics for 20 fucking years and they just they they want to branch out and make sure other people get it too and they do it with live auctions and they're so generous man they have a three dollar donna poll and the winner of that gets a free slabbed comic i mean it's not technically free i would imagine if it's three dollars but still still it's that's you're not you can't buy anything for three dollars right now uh you, you can't buy a fucking lysol wipe for three dollars right now and you're gonna go to goddamn slab comic mm -mm. so sergeant the commander auctions fridays 4 30 p.m pacific time nsclivetv.com and on facebook and another one of my newest sponsor is Comic Kingdom of Canada. And now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see if I could do this whole this whole read without saying the word condom, uh, like I've <laughs> failed upon so many other times. Uh, besides that that time there, I'm not gonna say it anymore. So Comic Kingdom of Canada, or CKC, as I should just try to say from here on. Once again, NSC Live TV brings me quality vendors to bring to you comic books virtually. Now, CKC, it's it's a way to get what you want. Now, I know I must. I guess I should preface by saying you're, you're probably gonna stop saying Canada. I don't want the international charges and uh, delays and all that. Well, good news is they're right on the border. They drop off in America. So if you're an American buyer, um, you're gonna get your books just as fast as if they were shipping from the the Pacific Northwest. Also, the conversion rate from American to Canadian. 
pretty fucking good. So you may think you're buying, hey, I'm going to buy this book for $43. And then it turns out you get billed in American and it's uh, um, probably like $34 or $36. I don't know what the fucking conversion is, but it's cheaper. It's cheaper. So that's, oh man, um, proud to be an American. So Comic Kingdom of Canada. Oh man, what's the, uh, where, where, when, how? Uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. So yes, same time as Sarge, but who's to say you can't go back and forth? Who's to say? Well, why not? Why not, huh? Uh, but uh, there's also multiple days with Comic Kingdom. Sarge is just on Fridays, but uh, Comic Kingdom of Canada, CKC, is on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Same place, nsclivetv.com. Uh, Facebook, Cheers to Comics Facebook group. Now, this is really the place you want to go to when it comes to getting really quality. I mean, not every all of these people are quality vendors, but they really want to make sure you feel like you're you're not th there so that they could take your money. They want you to feel like a friend when they're buying their when you're buying their merchandise, and that's something that you. I mean, it's it's a cool relationship to establish with a comic book vendor because comic books are such an intimate uh, type of type of medium. I mean, when you're into it, like freaks like me but yeah no it's 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 cool when you start connecting with people like that and ckc tries to reach out and make that connection with everybody and yeah I just once again tune in tuesdays thursdays fridays now uh, I, I like to thank all of my sponsors, but I'm also leaving an open invitation. I, I, I will go ahead and say that I'm not charging any of my sponsors throughout the month in April. That's not a humble brag, but that's me leading into another open invitation. If, uh, Slurds, if you have, uh, whatever your comic book shop is, if you feel like they're struggling or just, you, you fuck it, you just want to hear their name, an opportunity to hear their name, I'm giving a free spot. A free spot to all local comic book shops out there. I'll, I'll give your name, location, and you know whatever, whatever else I'll say. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to spread the word out there a little bit more. Um, help in any pathetic way that I possibly can. But yeah, fucking send me your local comic book store names and your and their locations, and uh, I'll give them a I'll give them a free ad spot because I'm not charging my advertisers for the month of April. Uh, the last little thing I want to give uh, praise, recognition, uh, attention to Mile High Comics. They are putting together these mystery boxes right now, and they are uh, heavily benefiting De Feeding Denver's Hungry. A great portion of all boxes purchased goes towards uh, food for Feeding Denver's Hungry, and Chuck is opening the doors to not just the homeless to come by and pick up food. It's any family of any way, shape, or form, whatever, whoever. He's just opening the doors, and you know, he, he just he just wants everybody to be, uh, not freak out. I guess uh, feel as safe as possible. So by by com by purchasing comic books, you you really help a local community, uh, the 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 community of Denver, and I mean it's. Yes, it's a small portion of the, the listenership, but at the same time, uh, it, it, it helps tremendously. Plus, you get a fucking badass book of comics. What is it, like five pounds of comics? And now, the mystery boxes have actually been categorized. Uh, they are Marvel, DC, Indie, and uh, children-friendly. <laughs> They've been working frantically to appease, appease the, the, the masses. So... 
um, yeah, local comic book shops actually doing their part. You know, when you're when you're massive like Mile High, and the threat isn't nearly as much, and you you actually turn and say, hey, I'm gonna support the community. That's, that's come on, guys. The, the, those are the places that you do want to support because you know that the money's just going to great places. Plus, you get comics out of it. So, MileHighComics.com. Check that out. Just look for the the mystery boxes on there. Now, uh, that's that's all of the shouting out and advertising that I will be doing. Once again, it's been a pleasure, Slurds. Cheers, fuckers.